Hello, Kubernetes community, and welcome back to another episode of the PodCuddle podcast. Tyler, this is take two. We uh, we did this one once before, and uh, I screwed up. So, but we are going to uh, do take two for a talk about kind of pre KubeCon Kubernetes one point three, and just some of the things people can expect over the next week or so with uh, maybe some announcements and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, this is going to be a lot of deja vu, I think, for the both of us. But uh, it's all new to the listeners, so it's so it's all good. Um, yeah, we have we have. KubeCon coming up next week, uh, and, and a little bit to talk about there, as well as the the 1.13 release and and kind of what's in there. And and I think we should definitely start off with uh, something a bit more important. Yeah, definitely. So there was a, uh, a fairly severe um, Kubernetes bug, security bug that was found. So it's called a privilege escalation flaw. Um, basically, you know, this was found in the community. It was fixed in the community. Um, the community did all the right things in terms of, um, you know, keeping it quiet, fixing it, and then having the CVE released and allowing all the vendors and all the different people to basically go, here's the problem, here's known patches, go fix it. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's as as good as it could work, it worked this time of every, yeah, when the CVE went out um, early this week, every vendor had their patches and plus obviously the upstream uh, already already done and ready to go. So, uh, you know, nothing to, hey, or be afraid and 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 stand by and wait us wait a, wait a couple of weeks while we fix it thing. So uh, I think that was a really good way you saw the community kind of come together on that. Uh, the uh, Basically, it's been fixed on 1.10 or above upstream. So if you know, it's still up to your downstream stream, you know, either hosted providers or distributions if they're, you know, adding those patches in there. Uh, for Red Hat customers specifically, uh, we've pulled it back to all the way to 3.2. So if you're running 3.2 or later, there's a patch for you uh, for this particular issue. And no matter which, you know, whether you're running OpenShift or any other flavor of Kube, this is, this is a big one and you should patch it uh, immediately. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing is, <clears throat> if you're with OpenShift dedicated or you're running OpenShift online, uh, those have already been patched, so you won't have to do anything. Um, but yeah, so you know, good good work by the community. Um, definitely, uh, don't push this one off. It is a big security uh, potential hole, and um, you know, definitely something that uh, you know work with however you get your cube from uh, to get that patched. So cool. Um, so everybody's now secure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about one dot release. So this is the, I guess, 14th release, um, a little smaller than some of the others because they, they got it out. They wanted to get it out by KubeCon and it's a little shorter time window. But uh, what are some of the highlights of one thirteen? Yeah, yeah. I think this was only 10 weeks or so, so so a pretty quick one. Uh, we have a couple things going GA that, that we've known about for a while. Um, some some new alpha stuff sh- and some stable stuff coming in and some things that are graduated to beta. So it's, uh, yeah, nothing earth-shattering from a uh, capabilities-wise, but, uh, you know, just just good news to see the community continuing to plug along and pieces maturing. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as, as we always say, <clears throat> you know, Kubernetes releases are are smaller. Um, they they come out you know quarterly, which you know for a lot of folks, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you've been around Kubernetes, you're kind of used to that. Uh, if you come from some other world, uh, you know you're going to go, wow, you know a lot of lot of a lot of noise for a, a small amount of features, but that's fine. You're only going to get a certain amount within a certain time frame. Um, so a couple that are that are GA, we'll kind of run through the GA ones. Um, the Cube uh, Cube Admin or Cube ADM uh, is now GA. So uh, kind of one of the, the core tools for setting up clusters and uh, doing some basic management capabilities of clusters is, is GA. 
uh, Container Storage Interface, CSI, is now GA. Um, and also uh, Core DNS is now GA, and it will be uh, replacing Cube DNS in uh, most major implementations. So uh, a couple of, you know, I, again, this is not a release that is, uh, you know, a huge release. It's not a release that has a, you know, huge, huge feature people have been waiting for. But it is a release, and CSI is kind of an example of it, where they're trying to get some of the vendor-specific stuff out of the out of the main tree, which is, you know, something we're going to see more and more for stability reasons. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's stability for the product, but also you know stops holding up the development cycle when you have to uh, you have this extra critical path in your in your development where hey this has to pass our test, but you may need to pass some other tests, or if a vendor needs to update their piece, it's just the unnecessary uh, um, sort of complication there. So so that's really good to see. Yeah. Um, the next set of, of features, um, one is alpha, uh, and that's going to be <clears throat> around support for device uh, monitoring plugins. So, um, you know, again, trying to, uh, you know, obviously we want to be able to monitor both the node level and application level. This is going to make it easier to have plugins for that. That's an alpha level feature. Um, I'll call this out because this is something we, we probably should hit on every single time we do a new release because new people are listening to the show. Walk people through just generally what's the difference between GA and alpha and stable and beta. Like give folks a sense of what all those things mean. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, um, you know, kind of definitions uh, you can see on the on the Kubernetes page. But basically the idea is alpha is this still could change um, pretty drastically. So if you build something that relies on this, even if it's just the API status, that could absolutely change. Um, beta, it, it's it's much more solid. Uh, usually there there could still be some changes to it, but but the API is decently solid at that point. Uh, then once you get to stable, um, you know you're you're pretty much there. There there's some. It's more of a maturity thing at that point than a change thing. And then GA is we're we're really comfortable with people running this uh, in production. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other thing to kind of point out for people with this, especially if you're, you're newer, you're listening, um, not every implementation uh, will turn on every feature. So, for example, uh, with OpenShift, we do not turn on like the alpha features by default. Uh, I don't even know if we necessarily always put them in there. Uh, betas, you have to turn on. Um, GKE, for example, I think turns everything. I know they turn betas on. I can't remember if they turn on alpha. Anyways, it's it's worth looking at um, wherever you get your Kubernetes from, whether it's from a vendor or a cloud provider or upstream. Um, if you're looking for a specific feature, just know that um, if it's a non-GA, you may have to turn it on because it may not necessarily be on by default. So just something to keep in mind. A um, couple that are in the stable category, um, both Kubelet device plugin registration and also topology-aware volume scheduling. So, um, you know, as the Kubelet uh, has more and more devices potentially plugging into a node, could be a GPU, could be something else, uh, they're making it a little more, a little easier to uh, to manage dynamically understanding and, and scheduling those devices. Um, and then as far as a topology where volume scheduling, um, this is all about, <clears throat> you know, at a storage level, understanding, um, you know, how to deal with, uh, you know, where the storage is um, and uh, how to be able to, to schedule it when it may not be, uh, you know, how to reassociate um, an application or a pod with uh, uh, with um, storage on a specific storage node. So getting into a little more granularity from a storage perspective. Yeah, just the, those types of things of if you have a cluster that's spread across, say, availability zones or something like that, or just even some sort of distance limitations where you're like, hey, every node doesn't have uh, equal quality access to that storage. So being able to say like, ooh, if I want to store... You know, schedule this on a different node. It has to be one of these. Right. 
Right. And, and again, you know, people want to talk about things being pets and cattle. Uh, you know, in the real world, there are going to be scenarios where you're like, I need to have something on specific type of hardware in a specific location um, just because of latency and, and other stuff like that. So this this helps with that. Um, yeah. And I think. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, I think this, you know, kind of all ties together, including with the, the stuff you mentioned before that the device plugin registration as well as device monitoring. It's, it's about bringing, you know, more sort of. Um, devices to the kube cluster that can be scheduled and and, and uh, handled by pods that way it's not just here I can I can spin up some spin up some pods and run them and maybe get some storage or, or and networking and CPU it's hey maybe I need GPU access or, or a bunch of other different hardware so just totally expanding the footprint of the types of applications that can run on kubernetes yeah yeah and these are these are sometimes things there's there's always a couple of features in these releases where you're like Uh, It seems like sort of a low-level thing, and and like you said, if you start piecing it together with some of the uh, the focus on sort of breadth of types of applications, whether they're HPC or or AI that need GPUs or or other types of things, they they start to sort of come together. So um, you know, would be would be cool at some point. Maybe we can do this where we start to go, oh, there was this feature from this release and that feature, and they sort of make up the foundation of uh, you know stuff you'd need for for a certain class of application. But uh, that's that's kind of stuff to sort of be looking out for. Um, and then the last, the last three that we've got are all in the beta category. Um, the first two sort of go together. Um, the first one is API server dry run. The second one is kubectl or kube control or kube cuddle uh, diff. And these are both basically there to uh, to help make sure that you know as you're as you're interacting with the API or interacting with the CLI um, that if you want to make some changes or you want to look at what changes might affect the system, this helps you sort of make sure that you don't screw some things up uh, or you're, you're able to deal with, with unexpected things. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the idea is Kubernetes being very declarative. So the idea of like, Hey, here's a manifest, you know, put this in, you know, through the API server into the, into etcd in the database. And then, you know, Kubernetes is going to try and, you know, make it so, um, there's still, you know, possibilities for, so, you know, the assumption is nothing could, it could ever really change unless, you know, you changed it. Uh, but there's some other things that, um, you know, more real world examples where maybe someone else changed it or, or you made a manifest change somewhere else. So just having the ability to say, compare my current state with either this existing manifest from when I deployed it or some new thing I'm deploying to update the service. So I make sure the manifest is only making the changes that I'm expecting it to make. Right, right. And the last one, um, again, falls in the storage category. Um, it is raw block device with persistent volume. So again, uh, the need to get uh, a persistent volume sort of dynamic access to storage from uh, raw block devices. So again, more and more about how do I get as much throughput as possible out of a storage device and do that uh, in conjunction with kind of dynamically uh, provisioning a volume. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, again, you know, having that... Um Ability to bring more sort of um, block devices uh, to the uh, to the po- up to the pods, you know, versus now having the OS format and like here's a file system, you know, for again more different use cases, especially as there's some newer storage technology, it's getting even faster and, and low latency. It just opens up more use cases for Kubernetes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and with that, folks, as always, you know, we're going to put things in the show notes that, uh, you know, kind of point to the documentation, point to the announcements. Um, You know, definitely, if any of these things are of interest to you, um, definitely go take a look at them, dig into the docs, dig into what's going on. Um, You know, again, for anybody who's sort of new to this space, um, 113 is out, Um, you know. You can obviously go get the bits from uh, from the upstream community, but in terms of seeing 113 functionality <clears throat> for 
from one of the vendors or one of the cloud providers. Typically, um, if if history is any, uh, you know, repeats itself, um, we're typically seeing somewhere between two months and about four months between uh, an upstream release coming out and it being available. And that's, you know, for it to go through hardening and the vendors to, you know, integrate it, get documentation out, the cloud providers to get it deployed to their different regions of the world. Um, so, you know, typically you're going to see somewhere between two months and four months uh, between, uh, you know, when this gets released to the community and when it starts to be publicly available as something that uh, you don't necessarily have to support. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always the thing, right? We're talking about the upstream and, you know, where it lands, you know, even if it's, you know, quote, you know, vanilla upstream Kubernetes, they still has to go through its individual vendor sort of vetting processes. Yep. Yep. Um, so you and I will both be at KubeCon um, for, uh, you know, for anybody who's going out there, um, if you get a chance to be out there Monday, um, there are a lot of things that are going on Monday. Um, you know, if you're interested in OpenShift, uh, we have an event called uh, OpenShift Commons Gathering, uh, which is an all-day event. Um, the morning is more or less about uh, product updates, uh, product roadmap, a lot of discussion about the technology, and then the afternoon and, and sprinkled in is a lot of um, our customers talking about their implementation. So it's a really good chance to network with people that are have been doing this in production and have some experience doing it. Uh, but there's also a ton of other activities going on Monday, lots of hands-on events um, and things. So if you're out Monday, definitely um, come by the come by KubeCon. Um, there are lots of things for people that uh, are interested in, you know, networking, getting hands-on, learning from other customers, um, just, you know, great learning opportunities before the main event kicks off on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something I would uh, recommend, you know, it might be short, short, um, short notice now, but uh, as you look forward to other, you know, KubeCons, even some other uh, tech conferences, uh, you may want to take a look at you know, kind of what's happening around it. Uh, as some of these conferences are, are relatively, sh- you know, instead of being like five days or a lot of times are, are three days or sometimes even two days, there's there's usually other things around it that may interest you. So so always take a look and see if there's something. And if you may need to come in a day early or stay a day late, uh, take advantage of them. It's, it's worth checking out. Yep, definitely. And, um, you know, hopefully if, if you're there, um, come by and see us. Uh, we will be, Tyler and I will be around and about, um, might be at the Red Hat booth somewhat. Um, I know, you know, we're, we're speaking with a lot of different people while we're out there, but yeah, hit us up if you want to, um, you know, we, we're going to try and bring the recording gear. We're going to try and record some shows. So if you've got a topic you'd love to share with the community, let us know. If you want to just come by and say hi, we'd love to meet listeners and meet people in the community. So um, hopefully everybody travels safe out to Seattle if you are coming to the event. And uh, again, we'd love to meet you. Uh, Tyler, anything else you're looking forward to uh, at the event or things people should look forward to, a party or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you saw the uh, our friends at Mesosphere are having a uh, a party featuring uh, Ice Cube, calling it Ice Cube Con, um, which is uh, a pretty, uh, pretty full of funny play on words, but uh, I'm interested to see what that turns out like. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, for for those of you that actually know who Ice Cube is, uh, if you're uh, if you're young enough or old enough, uh, used to be a big deal. Used to be a big deal in music, but also a big deal in sort of like movies and other stuff. So uh, yeah, it could be a very very fun show. So with that, Tyler, I think we're going to wrap it up, uh, folks. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, giving us reviews on iTunes, telling a friend. Uh, the show keeps growing. We appreciate it, and uh, keep sending us feedback. So hopefully, we see you next week at KubeCon. We will have a lot about all the announcements that come out of it, and hopefully some uh, good. Good shows with guests that are looking to, to share with the community. So with that, thanks for listening this week, folks, and we will talk to you next week.